to Podiatry Today Podcasts, where we bring you the latest in foot and ankle medicine and surgery from leaders in the field. I'm Dr. Jennifer Spector, the Managing Editor for Podiatry Today. We are so happy to have Dr. Timothy Dutra with us to provide an in-depth presentation on the latest technology and innovations in athletic shoes. Dr. Timothy Dutra is a full-time faculty member in biomechanics and sports medicine at the California School of Podiatric Medicine at Samuel Merritt University in Oakland. He is a fellow of the American College of Sports Medicine, American Academy of Podiatric Sports Medicine, American College of Podiatric Medicine, American Professional Wound Care Association, and the National Academies of Practice, Podiatric Medicine Academy. He's also a national lecturer in sports medicine and biomechanics. And providing a few vignettes today to fill in any gaps, we have Jennifer Wong, a certified corporate wellness specialist with New Balance. So to start off today, I'd like to ask you about carbon fiber shoes. What can you tell us about these as they seem to be an emerging footwear trend? Jenny, why don't you give us a little background to get started? Carbon fiber shoes have become popular with shoe companies innovating on the thickness, the placement, and the curvature of the carbon fiber plate. But it's not just the carbon fiber plate. It's actually the combination of the curvature of the carbon fiber plate, the high rebound midsole, and the lightweight materials that's made them so popular. Also keep in mind that there's an assortment of carbon fiber shoes currently on the market that have various heel-to-toe drops ranging from 4 millimeters all the way up to 10 millimeters. Dr. Dutra, from a clinician's point of view, what else do you think we should know? I think from a clinical point of view, what we're trying to do is keep up with the uh, innovations and the newer technology in running shoe materials and really what they give us for performance. Obviously, with many of our patients who aren't in the elite category, we are looking for still many of those properties for them to perform well. And the one thing I, I want to point out early in this um, podcast is that the running shoes can help with injury prevention if we can kind of match them correctly, but also with recovery from types of injuries. And I think those are important parts from the podiatric community. There's obviously a lot of excitement with the um, carbon fiber material due to its properties. And really what we're looking clinically as far as uses is how it can relate to some of our patients with metatarsalgia, hallux ridges or limitus, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and actually even up, up the leg, shin splints, knee injuries, hip injuries. So I think that's going to be an important concept for us applying a lot of the newer technologies. And the main thing that I really want to emphasize today is also the person's um, foot strike type. Are they rear foot, midfoot, or forefoot strikers? Because obviously, depending on the claims and the properties of the shoe, they might not benefit one type as much as the other here. There's also a learning curve. I think even with the elite athletes, but especially with our patients, the average uh, day in, day out patients, they need to learn how to run in these shoes, I think, correctly. So there is a break-in or learning aspect of it. And then I think the stability of the shoes, we always have to kind of balance the stability of the shoe as well as the motion control and the cushioning. So there's a lot of properties we're looking at here. And then the potential for injury, some of these shoes might actually increase demand in other areas, such as on the Achilles, iliotibial band, in the knee area for patellofemoral pain, that type of thing. So I think those are all important things to consider clinically. And I think that keeping up with these innovations is really exciting. Actually, there's a lot of research and development going on. 
with the shoe companies. And that's the one thing as clinicians, you know, we're looking at evidence-based medicine as much as we can and is it following up the claim. And of course the variability factor is gonna be there with our foot type, our foot strike, the weight of the patient, the level of the patient. So there's, there's many factors. Companies seem to be making collections of high rebound midsoles as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Dr. Dutra. And first, why don't we have Jenny give us a little bit of background? Many companies are creating high rebound collections of shoes, and they're making them with taller stack heights in the midsole than traditional shoes and with different levels of softness. I think a big part of it, again, is getting back to their foot type and the running style and what area of the foot maybe we're trying to protect more than others. I think that if you look at the benefits of a high rebound midsole could be very beneficial for many of our patients, obviously with impact issues. And I think you can also think about the heel to toe drop issue is very important in transferring the, the forces, you know, from the rear foot more to the forefoot and that kind of thing. So, so I think that, um, there's a lot to look at as far as that goes. Obviously, the one thing that I always try to balance is the more cushioning and impact you have, oftentimes you're sacrificing stability and functional performance. So it's kind of a balance. And again, it's so important to match that. But I think, I think for many of our um, everyday runners, I think there's huge benefits of the high rebound midsoles. Again, get, give them as much of a springy or a push up as possible. And we mentioned that many of our recreational runners are actually significantly heavier and there's more, more mass going on. Remember with elite runners, we want to keep the shoe light, right? And so the weight of the shoe is very important. Um, how does that affect the durability of the shoe, especially in a heavier patient, especially running on streets all the time and sidewalks? So I think we have to look at a lot of things, but I think really what we're looking at is the durability. And if we're looking at a high rebound midsole, how long in the shoe life is that really beneficial? And then does that actually give out, you know, kind of bottom out, so to speak? So yeah, I think I think there's there's benefits there, but again, I think it's being able to match that up with the patient. So I know docs get this question a lot, but to share with our audience today, what do you say to a walker that comes into your office and asks about walking shoes versus using running shoes? I think that's a really good question to ask, and I think um, obviously most of us in practice of podiatry. Uh, we actually have the bulk of our practice are walkers because everyone walks and many of them are fitness walkers um, as well as jogging and running. So I think there's benefits for everybody. And again, it's one of the challenges of podiatric biomechanics, obviously, is trying to analyze the biomechanical evaluation, the foot type, the gait, uh, and the running gait. Because obviously walking and running gait are, are also significantly different much more um, pressure put upon a runner than a walker, but we still get the benefits. And I think the other thing to mention here is that uh, leg fatigue um, can be a factor. So the more of a rebound or springy feeling um, can definitely re-energize or help, help the patient. I guess my big concern would be the weight of the patient, obviously significantly heavier than the elite runners. So 
how much um, does that high rebound in the midsole keep up? In other words, how, how durable is it? And again, most of our patients are working out on streets and sidewalks, which are of course the hardest terrain and um, contact to work on. So I think, I think those are all important issues as well as joints uh, and joint impact. So if we go up the closed kinetic chain, you're going up you know, the foot, the ankle, the knee, the hip, you're going on up, um, I think that's all going to be a added benefit with a high rebound midsole for the majority of our patients. So I think, I think that's a pretty good innovation. And then we have to look at, like you mentioned, the levels of softness, um, going from firmer all the way to super soft. And then can we sacrifice that softness or cushioning to make sure we have the stability we need also? So I think, I think that's the challenge. And I think that's where I think motion analysis studies and the evidence-based type of performance research that we can do would be very helpful. Uh, and not just in elite runners, I think that is a, a, of course very important because that's what drives the technology, but I think for our everyday patient. Um, so I think there's great potential. I think we'll find that many of these innovations um, are gonna really help on one side of the coin to help prevent or reduce injuries and also they might actually increase other areas. So we don't really know depending what's going on. And a lot of that may not be the fault of the shoe. It may be the, the mismatch of the shoe to the actual patient or, or our athlete. If we're not putting them in the right shoe to help minimize problems and increase their uh, performance potential, then that's an issue too. So again, we can't always look to the shoe as we always say, in the foot business, be it podiatry and even shoe wear, is there's no one shoe that's right for everybody. And I think that's extremely important. I know we all understand that, but it's really important to get that across to the patients. Many of our patients will see these new technologies and say, oh, I have to have this. Uh, and in reality, they may not be at a performance level or even putting enough mileage on that's gonna be as beneficial for them, but we wanna make sure on the other hand that it's not gonna be detrimental to them. So I think, I think that's all exciting points. And again, uh, as time goes on, we'll get more and more evidence to kind of back up our um, thoughts on matching the shoe with the patient and the foot type and the biomechanics. So that's quite a challenge. What about wider platforms and innovations like heel rudders and forefoot flares? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting concept. Um, so, so when we look at the heel rudder, what I'm looking at is a bigger lever arm for the heel strikers. Um, if they're not heel strikers, I, you know, I see a decreased benefit, not that they wouldn't be helpful, but obviously most of our runners are heel strikers and this could be an, this could be a interesting um, innovation. The other thing is that if you're talking about on trails and up and down hills, I also wonder how much of an advantage there is both going downhills and uphills on it versus more on a level playing field. So I think it's really interesting. Here is another, I think, um, example of looking at emotional analysis um, lab evaluating this to see actually how, how it affects the forces going through the foot um, during the running cycle. Um, and then again, obviously, it's just gonna be very helpful for a walker. You know, um, we're looking at running, uh, and I think in, in this case, I would take a, a stab saying that, the, that a heel rudder would probably 
be much more impactful in a runner than a, than a walker as far as the benefit. However, it may have benefits in our um, rear foot strikers because obviously walking is um, a rear foot striking activity um, much more than running. So anyway, those are, I think those are some thoughts and I think that there needs to be more evidence-based, I think, research on that. Um, but it's a very interesting innovation. I think it also could, could be cumbersome for people. <laughs> there are probably some people who don't need a heel rudder. It might affect their balance and their stability if we're looking at our average patient population. I think the um, actual forefoot flare and the wider platform type of shoes are gonna be um, very helpful, I think, for stability and maximizing that contact. So I would definitely say that would be a bit beneficial and a very interesting generalization is by far most of our patients, it's more of an excessive pronation type where they need that more than, um, you know, we don't see a lot of normal pest rectus uh, feet, you know, I mean, it's basically, I think a lot of overpronators is probably the main thing. And then it's interesting because with the supinators, again, um, I think I think that forefoot flare can be very helpful. So yeah, I think that's a good innovation. And as we always see, a lot of the, these innovations in running shoes will carry on down into many more of our athletic shoes and other areas of and walks of life. So interesting. So to round out our discussion today, what do you think are some important tips that podiatrists can share with patients regarding proper shoe fit? I think the one thing, again, coming from the podiatric side is that we don't want to over control our patients, especially if we're considering orthotics, depending on how much um, flexible and accommodation that you want to provide. So we don't want to over control a foot. So we always start with the shoe um, try and kind of the traditional approach was matching you know, with the um, foot type along with the type of shoe. So either neutral cushion for the higher arch, a stability shoe for a rectus, for a pest planus foot, you want a motion control. And if we over control that with an orthotic, we have to be careful. So I would mention that. So the use of that, because many of the sock liners or the inner soles in the shoes aren't that substantial, and that's for a reason. I think it's important to match that. And then having quality shoe recommendations, be, being able to give them different um, brand and models that might be the most beneficial for them. Remember, it's like a drug prescription, really. We're trying to put as much things on there to fine tune it. The one thing I want to remind everybody is that feet are asymmetrical. They're not going to be the exact size. So we got to make sure we fit <laughs> uh, with, with that in mind. And the socks are extremely important. Um, because of their bulkiness and their absorptiveness. And so we have to be careful with that. So again, we always tell the patients to wear the same size socks they're going to be wearing with the running. I think the shoe fit's very important. And I think with the heel, and this brings in the widths. That's the one thing I've always appreciated with our New Balance shoes is that they have a multitude of widths in many of their models. And I think that's extremely important. Just like the gender part also, uh, many of our, our women athletes will fit better in a men's shoe. So we have to look at that. So I think there's a lot of exciting uh, opportunities and options out there with shoes, but it also makes it challenging for us. So most, most of those of us in practice will have a suggested shoe list. 
that will give the patient at least a start. Um, like Ginny talked about working with a good um, athletic shoe store near you that you have a good relationship with so we can really help maximize that experience for the um, patient and the athlete to get the proper fit because that's so, so critical. And I think that's about it. I think those are the main things, the lacing patterns. There's a lot of, there's a lot of in innovations now. Um, there's great attention on running biomechanics to improve performance while decreasing the risk of injury. Um, the advances in the shoe mechanics can enhance the ability of the individual to improve running biomechanics. And I think we need uh, more quantitative running biomechanics research and development to explore a lot of these interactions. So I think it's, I think it's an exciting time. There's so many choices out there. There's so many innovations. The other thing I just want to mention briefly is cost. I think the cost factor is going to be important because a lot of these um, latest trends, the shoes are more expensive and also less durable. They usually don't, don't last as much for mileage. And so for the average patient, the high school or college patient that maybe has more of a financial constraint, I think the cost uh, issue is going to be important. Usually you're going to get a better made shoe with a more expensive shoe. So I think there's that trade-off and I think that's, that's an important thing. And then lastly, the thing that Jenny and I always talk about with um, fitting is that remember that the brand of the shoe might be a little different. So the branding device is really just a general reference and you might vary a size to two sizes depending on the brand of the shoe. So one of the issues now with a lot of online ordering is that I always recommend the patient try on that brand of shoe first. So at least they have a good chance of getting the correct fit. I think that's really important. And then obviously I would always recommend wearing the shoe inside, making sure it feels good before you take it outside. So if you have to return it, don't rush when you're trying on the shoes, do it at the end of the day when your foot's the most swollen, you know, there's all those tips. Uh, make sure you have a finger's width between the end of your longest toe and then in the shoe. The lacing patterns can really help. So the girth of the foot, which the Brannock device doesn't take into account, um, is very important. So we can do some variable lacing techniques to kind of maximize that, to offload areas. So there's a lot of issues. So I think, I think that's the importance of podiatry partnering with um, the shoe technology, because I think there's a lot of things that can benefit our patients. And again, I would like to kind of finish with the, the importance of matching the foot with the shoe to help both prevent and reduce injuries and then recover from injuries. And we talked about the heel to toe drop, I think a very important concept, depending on where we're getting the injury or the symptoms can depend on how we can help kind of offload that area. So again, let's not over control the patient, the shoe's the place to start with. Always start with the shoe. Um, and then if they need an orthotic, make sure you're not over controlling. Make sure that that orthotic has a purpose, especially if it's specific for the uh, running, running activity. Reminding patients about annual footwear measurements and working together with specialty retailers can help complete the circle of care for your patients. There's a store finder tab on newbalance.com where you can find our top retailers. Please feel free to contact me at jennifer.wong, W-O-N-G, at newbalance.com for the New Balance shoe list, shoe fit tips, or lacing techniques PDF, or help with connecting with local retailers. Those are absolutely some practical and applicable concepts that I think all podiatrists can benefit from. 
Thank you for joining us today. And as always, thank you to the listeners for tuning in. 